0: Now, to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in.
1: Radio. Welcome back to Pit Pass Radio. Thanks for listening. We just got done... Speaking with uh, the proverbial new boss, Scott, Mike, Michael D. Aloya. Yeah. I think I got it said correctly
2: there. In parts of America, it's D. A lawyer. Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> Or need a lawyer, I think. Need a lawyer, yeah. <laughs> why, why did he not go into the law, a practice of law? I don't know, because it was that close. Great guy, and uh, we had a lot of fun talking with him. And I'm sure we'll be doing a lot more of that in the future as we discover Front Porch and the Front Porch people. Look for him online at frontporch.com. Frontporchpeople.com. thanks to ed for helping to make that uh, whole thing happen so tony uh, introductions go to you for our next guest all right we're going to talk to
3: max Gershon. he's a defendant ama west hair scramble champion and a veteran top enduro cross racer finished fourth place in the tennessee knockout uh, last year and uh, based out of scottsdale arizona max joins us what's up max how are you how you been
4: hey hey guys i'm doing great doing great
3: how's everything in scottsdale
4: you know, I, I'm actually out here in the New River area, which is kind of the northern outskirts of Phoenix, um, and I'll tell you what, boys, it is hot today.
3: Well, I didn't ask where you were. I ha- I asked how everything was in Scottsdale. <laughs> he I'm wants to know doing,
4: But it's hot over here. Swing I- down
3: there and check it out, would you? Let <laughs> us know. <laughs> it's hot in Phoenix. I, s- I suppose that's how it is in August. Yeah.
4: Yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's pretty warm here, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm only two hours away from Flagstaff, so I can Zip up there and go mountain biking and do some training up there and uh anything done down here just has to be done early in the morning, that's for sure.
2: So when you are racing or riding, as it were, um and it's so hot but it's a dry heat, you can uh the sweat evaporates from your body. The 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 atmosphere actually sucks the moisture out of you. Um, how cognizant are you of hydration and hydration needs? um and and what your body's telling you while you're you're racing because racing will take a lot out of you
4: yeah it's so funny that you just said that because i was just sitting here a minute ago and i grabbed my gallon of water and i just continued pounding on it because i mean when you're out in this heat i mean it does just like you said the the heat really sucks it right out of you and you have to stay on top of it because once you get to the point where you're dehydrated yeah it's like it's kind of hard to get back rehydrated again so i mean i'm constantly i drink like you know, a gallon and a half of water a day probably is ridiculous.
2: Are you putting electrolytes back in your body? I know Tony's real cognizant of electrolytes and, and things like yeah. uh, potassium, things like that. When you sweat, the things that you lose are pretty specific. And it's hard to get those back in the right quantities. Like Red Skelton, an old comedian, would go out on stage and he would sweat so much, he would drink an entire six-pack of Heineken just to replace the potassium he lost on stage. He would lose 11, 12 pounds of water uh every time he went on stage and that's hard on a a guy let alone a guy that's 70 years old you know what i'm saying
4: oh yeah i can imagine i didn't know that people had 11 pounds of water weight to even lose
2: i didn't either i didn't believe it we weighed his tuxedo before and we weighed his tuxedo afterwards and sure enough it was 11 pounds
4: Maybe he shouldn't have
2: been wearing a tuxedo then. (laughs) That would seem the obvious (laughs) answer. (laughs) He's old school, old school comedy. He's dead now, but, uh, (laughs) I think he was law and potassium. Tony, I know you had your hand up. You want to go next?
3: I was just curious how the riding's been and, and the season and what you've been up to. Just kind of give us an update. Would you, Max?
4: Yeah, for sure. Um, not a lot of people are, you know, super aware of the situation, but three weeks ago I had beta out here at my, my home track and, uh, doing some testing and stuff like that and my bike actually ran out of gas on the worst place possible on my enduro cross track here and i went flying through the air and long story short i got a pretty big concussion and i broke a couple of ribs in my upper back and uh yeah it was pretty not pretty so uh just just on sunday is the first day that i started to feel pretty much normal again so up until this point i've been really like you know, I've had a lot of injuries before—broken bones and tendons and ligaments—and you know, all that stuff is—you know—it doesn't—it doesn't really matter. You know, it's just pain; it just kind of hurts a little bit, but you know, you just kind of get over it. But this—this concussion—I haven't really had one before, and man, this thing—it—it it puts you on your butt, man. I—I've I, yeah. never—I felt like I was highly, highly, highly intoxicated for like a week and a half. It was the weirdest feeling. So. I just started to feel normal again. I started riding. I've been riding a couple of times, and um, I'm actually seeing a, a neurologist tomorrow to get a doctor's release for uh, the Prescott Endurocross this weekend.
2: We did a two-hour special, if you recall, Tony. Do you remember this? Yeah. Uh, and it was. I was surprised at the number of people in our industry that would not comment, and I'm talking about helmet manufacturers, those that approve the helmets. Uh, and what's what's the name of the company that? Does the approval or the, 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 the testing?
3: Well, there's uh, Snell. Yep,
2: Snell. Yeah, I mean, they have an opinion, and they state it on their website, but they're not willing to go on a radio show and, and have a conversation about it. The NFL is finally facing their demons, uh, and uh, the, the, the all sports. Is, how about this? Women's soccer is one of the worst at, at concussions. Yeah, it's brutal. And watching. <laughs>
4: You know, I'm surprised to hear you guys say that, that they that they don't want to have a discussion about it, because, I mean, at the end of the day, this is rider safety that we're talking that's about right. here, and that's something that needs to be discussed. It's not something that's optionally discussed. I mean, this is serious, serious stuff, and this is the future of, I mean, there are all of our children too you know that are out there ripping and riding i mean don't we want them to be as safe as possible well guess what we need to talk about it and we need to figure it out i
2: have i have football players at 34 years old can't tie their own shoes this is a discussion that needs to happen it's not going away we have to address it what do you mean they can't tie their shoes they literally can't tie their shoes they can't feed themselves um the From the
1: effects of concussive lifestyle, a concussive lifestyle. Yeah, in
2: the old days of football, and I keep bringing up football, um, if a guy threw up in the middle of a play uh, or on the field, uh, oh, he's he's just being a tough guy. That's not what made him throw up. What made him throw up is he just got his bell rung, and today we call it concussion. Um, The WWE, uh, one of their stars, wrote a book called Football's Dirty Little Secret. And and it and maybe it really opened up the eyes of everybody. And and all sports, all sports are are uh, legitimately eligible to be included in the conversation. Anytime you have a, a, a if you have to wear a helmet, guess what? You're going to be one of those that will be included in the discussion, and you need to be. Don't think yep. you're better than anybody else. You're not. Well, you know, it,
4: it's so so funny they say all that because, I mean. 6D, I was wearing a 6D helmet, and I feel like they are kind of on the forefront of actually discussing this stuff. I mean, I'm not sure what your guys' experience is with them, but um, they've been very, like, you know, I feel like they're very verbal in this in the whole concussion scene, I guess you could say, because, I mean, yeah, that's the thing, like you were talking about, the football players, it's the repetitive hits that get you, right? you know, and that's why I'm going to see a neurologist to make sure that I'm basically um okay to you know start racing again this weekend but but yeah i mean i I would hate to even think about what what would happen if i didn't have the 60 helmet on honestly
3: we actually had 60 on that program that scott's talking about and and they were actually working with the nfl if you remember scott as progressive as anybody yeah and uh and with some technology and and you know just sharing technology and and the and in the tick and the experiences that they have with with uh, research and development with their helmets and that kind of thing and it sounds like NFL is actually using a lot of the 6D technology now which i imagine is probably making 6D a lot more money than motorcycle helmets but um, yeah but it was it was neat to hear that that 6D you know they were they were granted some award or or they they were given a grant or they awarded a grant maybe that's how i should say yeah maybe yeah.
1: and they used their grants for the purpose of Doing a much larger study to, you know, their, what we had talked with them about on the show was the research they're doing and gathering data from right. a, a very large population of people who are known to have had head impacts.
3: You know, when I was a teenager, I had several concussions to the point where the doctor says, you probably should take a, you should probably consider taking a little break. And that was, I mean, several concussions and I had a lot of black spots um, and they have been reoccurring. Over the years, not as much as they used to, but I, I haven't talked about it too much. I've kind of kept quiet, but I have experienced them a little bit more lately than uh, just I'm kind of confused at times, and I'm probably going to head to the head doctor over this too. I've but. never
2: had a concussion, and I'm always confused. <laughs> right? Well, that's so a, that that's something else, you. Scott.
3: But uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, there'd be black spots in in high school. I remember I would I would wake up and I'd be at Valley West Mall. Not just I say wake up, but I'd end up at Value Mall, and I'm like, "What the heck am I doing here?" I'm walking in the mall. Right. I don't remember driving there. I don't remember anything. This is this isn't
2: good. And what am I doing here?
3: You know. And I I always make a joke. I'm a product of bell helmets in the '90s. You know. But uh, yeah. it wasn't just bell helmets. It's it's all helmet technology back then, and they were heavy. And uh, you know, you you. You're, my brain's taking a lot of hits, and it's spooky. So I I. I commend you, Max, for for taking the all the precautions. And you know, we've had guys on Tony Alessi over the years talked about his kids and making his kids sit out when his kid was championship contender. Yeah. Um. There's there's been a lot of guys over the years, and it's it's good that it's growing. But the the, the bummer is is it's still a big mystery to everybody.
2: Well, there, there's been no conclusions, and if you look at the Smithsonian uh, article, there is no such thing as a concussion proof helmet. And there's no such thing as a brain uh, cavity okay, within your skull that will either guarantee that you do or don't or will or won't be concussed at any point in your career, no matter the sport you play. That's the key. As long as we recognize that and we can reduce occurrence and have people that are specialized to look for concussions that take place on the track, that's key. Because a guy will not take himself out if he's competitive. Okay, he will not take himself out of a race, out of a game of whatever insert sport here, <laughs> uh, because that's how he gets paid. That's how he gets noticed. That's how he gets sponsors. Uh, their well, job is that's to a race. Point, huh?
4: That that's a huge point right there, and, and I'm going to elaborate on that. You know, in the motorcycle world, and I'm a huge, I'm 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 a part of this. You know, for some reason, it's the idea is that racers need to race no matter what. You know, like, if you're hurt, well, if you can possibly race, just go race. And, like I said, I mean, I'm probably one of the worst myself. I've raced with broken bones many times. But, you know, from what I'm finding throughout this concussion and stuff is there's no, like, if you break your arm, you break your leg, it's very obvious you can see it on an x-ray. It's conclusive. They can give you a prognosis. That's how it is. With a brain injury, it's just a bunch of fatty, soft tissue inside of a skull. And, you know, There's no real telling how long your recovery is, or how bad it was, and a lot of the CT scans you can get are kind of like, okay, well, that didn't really tell us anything. So at that point, at that point, we have to be the responsible ones—the riders and the parents—to and the team manager to say, "Hey, I had a head injury. You know, I raced with a broken hand last week, and that was fine. But I'm not willing to change the course of the rest of my life."
2: That's it. That's it. It's Bye. not you today at 30, you today at 24, it's you today, excuse me, at 60, when when you literally can't walk up a set of stairs because you don't have the balance. And yeah, my God, we, days, we deserve to treat each other better than that. Our expectations of one another should be along the lines of the human condition.
3: You know, thing of like Roman, remember Roman when you had that crash and... They went and they they scanned your head and they couldn't find your brain, and it was so sad. It was so sad. we we've, we've and yeah. then it, a lot of stuff started to make sense. Yeah. We
2: started a GoFundMe page <laughs> for him. Remember that? Sure.
3: No. We gave. It was actually an old no. school GoFundMe page. Yeah. It was more like we just gave him a a, a a push mower and we. <laughs> I <it> said, "GoFundMe." <laughs> oh, what, what? What?
4: Yeah, funny. Super funny. No, last year Max, I I crashed on <laughs> my 450 and broke six ribs and oh boy, bumped you my head. And you'd
3: have thought, Max, you would have thought that it was a uh, life changing experience. His it probably was six bruised ribs. <laughs> they were cracked, broken. Whatever. Dude's anyway. been in battle before. He's been. Yeah. In battle he is before. my ride home. I better shut up.
2: All right, by the way, this portion of our program brought to you by our good friends of Fly Racing. Right now, you can upload your photos to the Fly Wall. Fly Racing loves to share photos of its fans, which is why they created the Fly Wall. The Fly Wall is a fun way for Fly Racing fans to share their photos uh, right there on the website, the Fly Racing website. All you need to do is enter, go to the Fly Racing website. Uh, click on the uh, on the button on the menu in the upper right-hand corner of the homepage. Choose post a pic. Upload your favorite pics of yourself, your family, your friends, or whatever. And if approved, your photo will show up on the flywall. It's as simple as that, and it's being seen by thousands of people every day. So head on over to flyracing.com and upload your pics for a chance to be featured on the flywall. Let's go back to our guest, Tony.
3: All right, Max, uh, we're, we're just about out of time with you, but I want to uh, give you an opportunity to – kind of give your fans uh, an update or maybe a, a screenshot of what you have coming up for the rest of the year. And uh, now that we're almost headed to fall and then uh, give you an opportunity to talk about your sponsors to help you go racing.
4: Yeah, for sure. I appreciate it. Um, well, as of right now, all I'm focused on is uh, going to that doctor's appointment tomorrow and getting cleared so I can race this weekend. Um, that's just, this weekend, the first round of the door series. And I'm really, really hoping to have a good run in that series this year. You know Beta and everybody else putting in a huge effort try to go tackle that series. So I really want to have a good showing and um, be finishing up some of the last couple of races of the Western Hair Scramble series this year, also, which I'm currently second place in. Um, So I gotta keep fighting for that one. I've had a couple rough races. I got sick and stuff like that. So, uh, but I'm just gonna keep fighting on that. See what we can do. And uh, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to it. I mean Beta is behind it. My. uh, my gear sponsor, climb—they're awesome. Six D, like we were talking about earlier. CD boots. Everybody is, is all in, and um, we're ready to go racing.
2: And we're all in for you too, Max. Keep up the good work, brother, and uh, positive results. And uh, from the uh, from the docks, man, on the tests and everything. Okay.
4: Thanks so much, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you.
2: Appreciate you caring enough to share. All right. Uh, who gets the Osh ride and why? That's our open topic for the open conversation. That's coming up next. You're listening to America's Moto Racing Talk Show. Is Pit Pass Moto Racing Weekly.
4: What's up, guys? Drake and Art here. Then I ride the 450 class. You're listening
0: to Pit Pass Radio. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by
1: you